From the beautiful city of Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Hey, hey, welcome to Film Forward, everybody, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. I'm your host, Nicholas Ibarra, and on today's episode, we are very excited to be talking about the incredible film, Night of the Kings. Night of the Kings is nominated for an Independent Spirit Award and is the Ivory Coast official submission for the Academy Awards in 2021. We are honored to be joined by the writer and director, Philippe Lacotte. Philippe, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. For those who have not seen Night of the Kings, tell the audience a little bit about your film. Night of the Kings comes from uh, Ivory Coast in West Africa because we have not a lot of films from Ivory Coast in international festivals and submissions. And it's a story around Lamaka. Lamaka is the main prison in Ivory Coast in Abidjan. It is in a forest and uh, it's a story of a young boy arrived in this prison and is chosen by the chief of this prison with a prisoner, Blackbird, and he's obliged, if he wants to survive, to tell a story during one night. This is uh, the pitch, I would say. Yeah, a great pitch, and it's a great movie. One of the things that I love about it is you blend these two storytelling styles. You know, we have this very gritty kind of realism in the prison, and then there's this fantastical, magical element also in Roman's storytelling, and you blend them together so beautifully. Talk to us about the decision to mix both of these styles and both of these worlds. It's not a decision to mix. It's uh, my way of working, my way of filming. It's like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, always, I started by fiction, but I had also passed off as a documentarist and as a reporter. So it's important for me to have a strong reality. But when I have this strong reality, for example, in Night of the King, this prison, La Maca, to be authentic, to be realistic, it's not a contradiction after this strong reality to build something more fantastic, something more mysterious, Mm -hmm. more magical. Yeah. And then in a way, those magical elements make the real feel more real, feel more... Yeah. Uh, dangerous, you know. It's a contrast. Yeah. Uh, if you have something very cold, you need to have something very hot uh, near yeah. to have the contrast. But what I want to say, in my culture, in our culture, in Ivory Coast, in West Africa, it's not a contradiction because we don't make a real difference between realism and magic. Mm-hmm. Between dead people, between uh, alive people, invisible world, visible world, all these elements, all these different realities are together. The border is very fine. As you're talking about that, I'd like to hear from you, what has been the reception of your film in the Ivory Coast? Did people respond to it well? Yeah, we made a release in Ivory Coast uh, last December, last year. We stayed six weeks in theaters and it was it was very nice. People were very wanted to see the film. There was a lot of people, but I will say that there was uh, some political elements who were strange for them. Right. For example, this uh, element of archives when they arrest uh, the ex-president Laurent Gbagbo, it was touchy because we are we are in a period of reconciliation now, and uh, for people, it was uh, there was a big silence in theaters at this moment, always. 
<laughs> well, that's when you know when you're doing something right, right? <laughs> something would disturb, yeah, a little. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so you got to make people a little uncomfortable, you know, if we're doing yeah, art but, right. <laughs> but as a filmmaker, it's my place, it's my work to question my country, to question the history of my country, especially if my country is in a political trouble uh, during 10 years. So it's not nothing. We knew civil war, we knew a lot of violence. So it's important to, to speak about this. Absolutely. I want to talk now about the prison kind of in two different ways. It's a great world building that's done in there and we're immediately thrown into it. And one thing I love is just you set up the rules so early. Like in the prison, there's these own set of rules. It's got its own set of laws. It's got this hierarchy. It feels kind of like a microcosm of a greater society. Now, I know this is a, you guys built the prison that you shot in, but it is a real prison that exists. Talk to yes. us about doing the research to build this world in your story. It was my main goal in Night of the Kings. Uh, it was to observe the prison and prisoner as a society, as a complete society. Because for me, it's a society with its code, with its laws, and uh, with its beliefs. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Red Moon, like uh, the sentence when we say that uh, the chief must kill himself if he's sick. So I wanted to observe everything in this society. For this, I spent a lot of time. I was a reporter before, so my first way of uh, approaching a, a topic, a subject, is to work like a reporter, like a journalist. So I want to read a lot of speech about prisoners and uh, I want to, to search a lot of image from in prison in Africa, in South America. And will all this material, for example, when we build, uh, when we build the prison of Night of the Kings, all these drawings, all these paintings on the wall comes from real prisons. Mm. And yeah, and we work 25% of our extras were ex-prisoners. I can say today that I have a, a real connection with prison for a long time. So I try to understand something in bodies. It was important for me because when you enter in a prison, when you see a picture of a prison, it's not necessary to say that it's a prison. If you look bodies of people, how they are waiting, you will feel that it's a prison. Right. So it was important for me to have these bodies, to have this uh, situation, to have uh, these uh, heavy bodies, I will say. Yeah, well, you pulled it off remarkably. And now kind of the other side of the prison I, I want to talk about is the actual production design of it, you know, not just the dressing and pictures and stuff like that, but the actual construction of it is really impressive. I mean, you guys have a lot of scenes where characters are moving from one area to another and you guys are following actors through multiple rooms. Talk to us about working with your production designer to curate it and what it was like shooting in there. Yes, my production designer is Samuel Tesser, the French set decorator. I met him. Uh, it was our first time to work together. I think that he helped me to, to go to another level mm -hmm. in my work. Yeah. Because it was my first time to have a real production designer. I will say my first feature run, we tried to work everybody together to have the set, the design, but it was not so much precise. Right. With Night of the Kings, Concern a film uh, about prison, I was obliged to have a, to have a good 
production designer. At the beginning, we started to work on uh, drawings, on uh, different images, and after, we went directly to location to search our prison. And we found two buildings in Bassam, first town of Ivory Coast, when uh, there was French colonization. And we took uh, two old buildings, we built this corridor first. It was important for me to have a long perspective inside this prison. And after, we work with different elements. For example, all this corridor and the, the collective cell is at one place and individual cells in another place. We mix a free location to have this prison. Uh, it's just, it was so remarkable, especially like, as you mentioned, that first time when he walks in the corridor and it was like, as soon as I saw that, see, I was like, they had to shoot this at a real prison because it's so believable and it feels so grand and big. And I get the other part of that is that you guys had so many extras. It must have felt like 500 people in there. You guys did a great job. It looked legit. Yeah, we have uh, 300, 300 extras. 300 extras. It was amazing to work with them because, as I said before, 25% were ex-prisoners. They were our advisors. For example, when I wanted to shoot the scene, the sequence between Roman and Blackbird in the room of Blackbird at night, mm -hmm. I asked to put a ventilator. And one, uh, one ex-prisoner comes, he came to see me and he said, no, in La Maca, we don't put ventilator at night because of the forest. It's very cold. Ah, yeah. see? Yeah. There so, you go. And <laughs> but, so we worked like this. And uh, after one day, they understood everything. And after one shot, they ran after the, the TV monitor to, to watch what, <laughs> yeah, what, they, right. what they, they did. And sometimes it happens after the shooting, they dance, they sing, and uh, we stop the shooting and we, we came back with the camera to take something again. It was like uh, we managed this place, this prison, as a stage of a performance, a big performance. That's so amazing. Yeah. As you were talking about that, it reminded me of something else in the film that I really loved that I want to get your insight on is, you know, as Roman is telling this story, there's these sequences where the prisoners would, you know, sometimes break out into choreography or start to act out, you know, what was happening. I thought that was so incredible working with so many actors and, and extras like that, talk to us of just about choreographing that kind of stuff and filming it. Was that stuff improv or was that stuff planned of when you guys would do it? Yeah, I didn't want to make a classical film. Mm -hmm. I will say that a classical film will, will be a roman in this prison and very quietly and they tell a story, a nice story, and we have a nice flashback. no. <laughs> as a yeah, as a director, I like uh, shock. I like when uh, when there's break, when there's uh, when uh, there's this something disturbed. So I I, I didn't want uh, uh, something very quiet, and it was important for me not to use the prison as a simple place to tell a story with flashback. But I wanted prisoners completely engaged mm -hmm. in this story with their bodies, with their language, with, uh, with their voices. It was important to have this. At the beginning, you can see that uh, Roman tells his story alone. But at the end, it's not only Roman. It's all the prison yeah. prisoners who tell the story. It's like a chorus. We prepared this before because we selected dancers, martial art fighters, singers, 
new actors. So we had all this group was able to make something crazy inside this prison. All these uh, figures, all these gestures of, of choreography, we made a workshop during two months to prepare everything. So we knew exactly everyone, 40 person inside this uh, 300, uh, the first circles, they knew exactly what will happen and they knew exactly when they, they need to make this or when they will play a bird or a Scorpio or this or a queen. But we tried to shoot it as an improvisation. It was one of my favorite parts of the movie. And it was actually, funny enough, the part that I found almost the most relatable. I have a huge Mexican family. And when we tell stories, the same thing happens where it's not one person telling the story. Somebody's telling a story and other people are chiming in and people are dancing and acting out the memories of what happened. I'm like, well, this is this is just like, uh, you know, the family uh, reunion at my at my house. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it was very, very beautifully done. I loved it. Yeah, it's a common story. Yes. You worked with a lot of first time or young actors in this film. Roman, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was his first film. Yeah. But you also work with a lot of vets. Steve Shinshu, for example, you know, he's been in dozens of great films. Do you change the way that you work with these new actors versus seasoned veterans? I have one way to work with actors. First, I will say that uh, I love direct actors. Mm-hmm. It's really something I like. I am very near my actors during a set. I'm not uh, beyond a TV monitor uh, as a certain directors, I'm very, I'm very near, I'm very in sight with actors and with extras. And uh, when I work with uh, professional actors, I will say that it's not easy for me to work with uh, any professional actors. I choose really my professional actors because professional actors who are okay for me, mm-hmm. for others, it's very difficult for me. I like more non-professional actors. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the most important thing is the music of the language, the music of words. It's my way of directing. I spent a lot of time with my actors because I'm a, I'm a writer, I'm a scriptwriter, and uh, I, I spent a lot of time to say to myself my dialogue, the script, to read the script. So at one moment, I have exactly the voice and the rhythm of each character. That's great. Yeah. And I will say that uh, I try, it's a long tradition for me, I try to play before the shooting, I try to play each role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it's, good, because it's, it's good for it's you a, to do it. You know, it's, so that it's, w- the best, uh, it's the best way to direct uh, an actor, yeah. to, to try to say, okay, how I will make this gesture, how I will say these words. Yeah. One actor I worked with years and years ago said, if you can't do it, how do you expect me to do it? You know, so... It's a, it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. But what I want to say, uh, I don't want to put my words and my bodies inside actors. Yes. They are free. Yes. They, have their, they have their freedom. But I know exactly where I want to go with them. Mark of a great director. The last question I have for you is, I just want to have you touch on kings and queens, you know, a theme that runs heavy through the film. I just wanted to have you talk to our American audience about Kings and Queens, the story connection in particular to the Ivory Coast, where the film takes place. Thank you for this question. I will say that I come from a country who has a particular, who is in a particular situation because you can find in the same space 
different times. I will explain. For example, the soldiers in the film, the soldiers of the Queen, mm -hmm. they are real soldiers. They are real hunters, dozo. It's a traditional hunters from centuries. And they came to play their own role with their guns, with their clothes, with their traditional clothes, mystical things. In the same time, you will see that some dozo, some hunters, they have a Puma shoes or Nike shoes. And my DOP, my cinematographer, he asked me if it's not a mistake, if we need to change. I said, no, it's like this. In Ivory Coast, you can have something very traditional and in the same time, something very modern. Right. It's not a contradiction. So when I speak about kings, about queens, in Ivory Coast, for example, 20% of the population comes from Ghana. Their history said that they are the queen, Queen Poku, and uh, she gave in sacrifice her son, a child, and by this way, they cross the river and they arrive in Ivory Coast. So it's not a legend for us. Yeah. It's our history. History, yeah. It's, yeah, it's history. Even if it's not in a book, even if it's an oral history, it's an oral tradition, but it's a history. So we live between all these elements. And, and uh, in Ivory Coast today, you will find maybe 200 kings and queens. There's a lot of kingdoms. And inside these kingdoms, these kingdoms are inside the republic. So we live with different laws, traditional laws, official laws. And I wanted to have a metaphor of this in Night of the Kings, because you have real queens, real kings, you have the kings of this prison mm -hmm. who want to be chief, the fight about queens, kings in this prison, and you have the fight in our country about kings who want to be president. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have three levels of these kings and queens. And, you know, I mean, they have different names for them in other countries, but that's universal. That's a universal yeah, thing, man. It's, it's universal. When we chose uh, the title uh, Night of the Kings, La Nuit des Rois in French, uh, La Nuit des Rois is the French title of a piece of Shakespeare, yeah. Twelfth Night. So with Shakespeare, it means directly that we will observe the fight about Iran power, corridors, manipulations. And it was important to have this background inside the prison, La Maca. Well, I tell you, Philippe, I want to see more films from the Ivory Coast. So thank you for making this. It's a beautiful movie. I can't wait to watch it again. Night of the Kings. It's available right now to rent on demand. You could rent it through Amazon Prime, YouTube, Vudu. Check it out. It's unlike anything else you're going to see this year. We're going to take a quick break, everybody. When we return, Philippe is going to help us out with our favorite segment, Give Me Three. We'd like to take a minute and give a very special thanks to our new sponsor, E-Minutes. E-Minutes is a company of entertainment lawyers who are dedicated to giving a platform to underrepresented voices by helping filmmakers form companies and other necessary legal entities. They're sponsoring a new award with LADFF called the Emerging Filmmaker Award and giving their services for free to the lucky winners. You can find out more about them by going to LADFF.com and clicking on the E-Minutes link.
All right. Welcome back to Film Forward. We are joined today by Philippe Lecoq. He's given to give us three films that have inspired him, inspired his work. Let us get your first film, sir. First film is uh, City of God. City of God. I just rewatched this for the first time in about a decade last night. It uh, still holds up. <laughs> it is. Uh, I remembered just that it was an incredible, flawless movie, but I forgot why. And then rewatching yeah. it last night, it's like it's so intense and so amazing and beautiful. What are the things you love about it? Yeah, City of God. First, I will speak about the topic mm -hmm. because in uh, Night of the Kings, my narrator, my storyteller, Roman, he tells the story of Zama. And Zama was a real character who was a gang leader, his gang called My Cops. And this name comes from City of God. Mm. Because there's young people in, in, in City of God, they call My Cops. So in Abidjan, this film was a big success. Each young people uh, in suburbs, they watched this film with no distance. Right. And they wanted to make the same thing. So they become gang leaders, they become criminals, they, to make like City of God, to make like the Pequeño. Right. Yeah, so it was important for me. I say the name of City, the title of City of God in Night of the Kings, but it was important for me to have this connection. The other thing I, I was thinking about when I was watching, re-watching it last night was there's something else that's kind of parallel with your film in City of God. In both, you have these kind of art forms within the art form. In your film, you have Roman is using storytelling within your storytelling. And in City of God, you know, Rocket is using storytelling through photography within their storytelling. So I just thought that was a subtle but interesting uh, connection watching. Maybe it's just because I watched both of yeah. the films so close together. Yeah, there is a story inside the story. Mm -hmm. And I will say that uh, another link is uh, how to tell a story from one place and make it universal. Yeah. I think City of God, they work in this way. And it was an example for me. And uh, last point, there's the same chicken. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that chicken scene is incredible. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, excellent, excellent yeah. choice. City of God, for those of you at home who have not seen it, for the love of God, check it out. It's available right now on HBO Max and Hulu too, I think as well. So check out that movie. Okay, Philippe, your second choice, your second movie is? Godfather. The Godfather. I've never heard yeah. of it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's a classic. It's I mean it never yeah. it never gets old. It's a classic, but sometimes it's not bad to have a classic. Not at all. I speak about The Godfather as a film, but more as a story. Mm -hmm. So I will speak about the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because uh, at the beginning it's a book, Mario Puzzi. Yeah. And uh how he developed characters, how he gave details, how the story gave details. Yeah, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. It's a modern tragedy. I love how characters will play their life, their destiny inside this uh, criminal story. And uh, my dream is to, to make one day a mafia film, really a mafia film. Yeah. A, f a family mafia film. I think one of the other, you mentioned the book. I think one of the things that 
helps make the Godfather so great is that Mario got to, you know, he he was also the co-writer of the screenplay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He knew the, obviously he knew the world, he knew the characters, but he got to yeah. make it even better, even finer. That's something all writers, you know, always want to yeah, do. Like once but, it's done, but, it's like, oh, I wish I yeah. could get one more shot at it. It's like he 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 got yeah. that chance. Yeah, uh, uh, Mario. He, he, he said that he grew up in, uh, I think, Little Italy. I don't know exactly, but around him, like uh, Martin Scorsese, around him there was a lot of gangster. Mm-hmm. So he observed when he was child. He observed all this world and he understood something in about this world. So it was uh, easy for him to translate this world, and I think it was very important to have a, to have him uh, as a co-writer. Of course. Absolutely. Ah. The Godfather. If you haven't seen it, you're probably not listening to this podcast, <laughs> honestly. But uh, <laughs> but it's available. Uh, it's worth the rewatch. Uh, you should watch it at least once a year just to, like, you know, go to school. Uh, just to remind yourself of what greatness looks like. But, Philippe, it's time for your third and final film. Ghost of the Civil Dead. Ghosts of the Civil Dead. This is yeah. an Australian film, correct? Yeah, it's an Australian film. I watched it uh, for a long time when I was projectionist. It's a film of prison. Mm-hmm. It's happened in a prison with, uh, I think, Nick Cave. Yes. With Nick Cave. And it's a very, very violent film. And it ramps up with the violence. It starts off very kind of melodic and slow, kind of like the routine of a prison. You just kind of like get lulled in and then it's like, Bang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything explodes after 10 minutes. Yeah. Everything explodes in this film because it's a prison where uh, they determinized everything. Prisoners have no contact between them. They have no contact with guards. There's uh, cameras, uh, control. Uh, everything is uh, is technologic. And uh, after 10, 15 minutes, prisoners, they, they catch a guard and uh, they kill him. And it's very long on the set yeah. <laughs> during the film. Yeah. It's very long. And it's a start of uh, high violence during, uh, I don't know, one hour, one hour and a half. And uh, sometimes it's not bad to have this kind of thing. Yeah. I, like, <laughs> I, I, like, I like this film because with Nick Cave, uh, especially, it's become a sort of performance of violence. Right. You 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 understand at what time that it's not true that it's too much, but uh, it's it's like uh, an opera uh, about violence. Absolutely, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's worth checking out. You know, have a couple of drinks or maybe uh, have a little uh, smoke, and uh, it's a it's a really entertaining, good time, and it's it's unlike anything I've seen before. Ghost of the Civil Dead. I don't think actually it's in the United States. It's not available to stream right now, but yeah, for all of my LA listeners, Cinephile Video on Santa Monica Boulevard, right next to the New Art Theater. Give your local video stores some love and rent it from them because it is it is worth checking out. Philippe, thank you so much for doing this with me. It was It was a real pleasure talking with you, sir. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Everybody listening, check out Night of the Kings. It is available on demand right now. And thank you all for listening to Film Forward. We will catch you next time. Our recording engineer and mixer is Anselm Kennedy. The podcast is produced by Anselm, Sonia Maru, and yours truly. Thanks for joining us on Film Forward, and you'll hear us next time.